Well, hey, since we are in a new year, we are kicking off a brand new sermon series called simply, Give Your Life to Jesus. Now, I was five years old when I gave my life to Jesus. And believe it or not, I can actually remember that night. It was a warm, muggy, summer Florida's evening. The church I grew up in had a kids program and I remember the guest speaker explaining what Jesus did for me and that we could actually live for him. And I remember in that moment, I knew that I wanted to give my life to Jesus. What does it look like for you? Maybe you were in a church service like this. Maybe somebody shared over a dinner table or coffee what Jesus did for you or something else. Or maybe you're here and you haven't even done that yet. That's all right. Um, but you know, everything changes when we give our life to Jesus. But I, I would bet that since we're at a church on a Sunday, that most people in here would probably say, yep, Pastor Chuck, I've given my life to Jesus. I've checked that box. But how many of y'all know we really like to hold on pretty tightly to our lives? Very much so. So, and that's actually the whole premise behind this series that Pastor Jimmy has is that even though we've given our lives to Jesus, every single one of us can more fully give ourselves to him. And in fact, let me make you this promise that this coming year, is gonna be the best year of your life if you can fully give every part of your life to Jesus, amen? So hey, where do we get started? Well, you know, it all starts with giving our lives to Jesus by giving our sins to him. And you may be thinking, okay, yep, I've done that. But how many of you guys still deal with some guilt, being ashamed of some stuff here and there? Like anybody else ever like get on the struggle bus some days? All right, good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. One service, my wife said, put up both hands, buddy. And that's what I did. Um, you know, that's just part of life. And you know, what's sad is that can start to affect how we view our relationship with God. If I came up to you in the lobby today after service and I looked you in the eye and said, hey, are you right with God? You might hesitate for a second that fight that you had on the way to church might play in your, in your mind. What happened over the weekend might start to play back and you might think to yourself, yeah, I know I prayed the prayer. I think I'm okay. And then you might answer, yeah, I think I'm good. There it is. I think I'm good. And the fact of the matter is, we all have things in our life that we know that we need to change. And as we continue to struggle with these things, we might even find ourselves at that place asking, you know what, if I just can't change, is God really good with me? Well, you know what, I've got some good news with you today. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But check this out. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You wanna be confident in your standing with God? We first need to be confident that we have given our sins to him and received this gift of salvation that he's given us. Now, I know some of y'all are like, okay, pastor, first Sunday of the year, we're gonna talk about salvation. I've heard that a thousand times. I get it. But let me tell you what, you need to be reassured that you are indeed good with God. And secondly, that you don't have to stay 
on the struggle bus for the rest of your life, that there is victory and power over sin in this life as well. So as we get started, let's just look at that miracle real quick that we call salvation. And we all, you've probably heard to it, referred to as the gospel before. That simply means good news. And that's really what it is, really good news. And it's simply this. We had a problem with sin that separated us from God. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus into this world to pay the price for our sins so that we can be made right with God. As simple as it gets. Now, according to this passage we just read, we're told that we were what? Powerless. That we were powerless. See, this sin problem that we all wrestle with, it's a big problem because sin brings death. It brings death in our physical lives. It brings death in our relationships. It brings death to opportunities. But worse than that, sin brings spiritual death into our lives. Spiritual death is a fancy way of saying separated from God. We were powerless to do anything about that separation with God. I don't know about you, but I like to fix things. Like I love finding a problem and, and figuring it out. And I don't like what that verse says that I was powerless to do anything because I want to figure it out on my own. And I know there's a few, few of you guys that are just like me right there. But the fact is, there was nothing I could do except pay the price for my own sin through death. And if we were powerless to do anything about that separation, all we had to look forward to is an eternity of suffering and separation from God. Not a bright outlook, is it? But I love that that passage keeps going. Again, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let that sink in for a second. While you were still sinners, in other words, while you were still God's enemy, while you were opposed to him, and before you even knew you had a problem, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus because he wants to be close to you, because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loved us too much to leave us where he found us. And Jesus came and paid the price for our sins, took our punishment on the cross. I don't know about y'all, but that's some good news. Now, let me just time out real quick. Because at this point, we could just keep going. But a lot of people ask the question, why did Jesus have to die anyway? Like, can't God just like, he's all powerful. Can't he just like snap his fingers and erase all the sin? Good question. Romans 6.23 tells us this. For the wages of sin is death. In other words, sin had a price that had to be paid. There's a consequence that there wasn't any getting, getting around. But, but pastor, God's a God full of love. Yes, he is, but let me tell you something else. God is also a just God. That's part of who he is as well. And for him to ignore sin and the consequences would be injustice. God can't be anybody else other than who he is. He couldn't let it go. The only way that the debt could be satisfied was someone had to die. Only Jesus had the capacity to come to this earth and live a perfect life, so he had no debt of his own. Only through his death could he make us right with God. He paid the price on the cross for you and me. 
when we put our faith in him, we do it and we give our sins to him in that moment. And when we give our sins to him, Jesus takes it to the cross, they're nailed there, they're put to death, and they are erased. And you know the beauty of it is, in that moment when we give our sins, we're saved. Why do we say that? Because we're not living under the punishment of sin and death anymore. It's not a matter of if we're gonna be saved, it's a matter of we have been saved. That separation is gone. We're restored with God. It's a new life right in that moment. Y'all, that's good news. You know, you've been justified. That means that your sins have been removed off of your account. The judge has found you not guilty. I love the way that the Psalms puts it, that he removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. That's a long way. We can't even measure that. That's awesome. But you know how the devil likes to show up and make us think that we've still got charges pending against us? Yeah, we know we're forgiven, but he just whispers in our ear. You remember that one time? Or really, you think God's good with you? You know, yeah, he might have said you, but you just did that. Satan is referred to as the accuser of the brethren because he's always ready to make a case against us. Like, let me put it like this. You ever got a ticket before? Don't raise your hand. All right, my wife actually raised her ticket last service. That was hilarious. Um, I didn't think she was willing to admit that. But, you know, we get a ticket. And actually, last fall, I got a ticket. I saw the uh, blue lights behind me. It was South Carolina Highway Patrol. And you guys know what happens when Highway Patrol pulls you over. That's just a fact of life. Now, I'll tell you, I didn't feel like that ticket was justified in any way, shape, form, or means. I even went and talked to my lawyer about it. So, but here's the thing. I had charges against me that had to be settled, okay? If I ignored the ticket, there are some bad consequences coming down the line, yes? Okay, I could have paid to settle the ticket. Or, option three, I could take it to court. What do y'all think I did? That's right, somebody knows me in here. <laughs> Took it to court. And, um, and, and you know, if you've ever been in that situation, you've taken it to court, you're praying all the way there, like God, don't let the cops show up. Don't let them show up. I want this thing dismissed, no fuss, easy peasy, right? My, my court time was one o'clock, 12.58, the guy wasn't there. I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus, 12.59, all right, all right. Bro, one o'clock on the dot, this joker walks in. Like, come on. <laughs> Now, I'll spare you all the details of the story, but I ain't got that ticket on my record no more. I won that case. Now, here's the difference, though, between the problem I had and all of our problem. You see, Satan's always ready to accuse you at just the right time. He's locked and loaded and ready to go. But you know what you do when he tries to accuse you? You hold up the ticket and show him. Jesus has erased your name, put his name on it, and paid the fine. It is settled. It is done. It is not on your record. There are no charges pending against you. Come on, y'all. Like, that's exciting. And you know, this is, again, what we call the free gift of salvation. You know, the only thing that we have to do is just accept it. That's it. Jesus already did the hard part. We accept it. Romans 10.9 tells us this that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You declare with your mouth, we say it, and we believe in our heart, you believe it. Guess what? 
you're saved. It's that simple. We give our lives to him, we give our sins to him at that moment when we make him our king, our Lord, our savior. Now, if you're here today and you haven't done that yet, I want to let you know before the end of service, I wanna make sure you have that opportunity today. Um, but before we get there, I uh, wanna take a little bit of a different direction for a minute. And uh, you know, if you're here and you're like, okay, yep, pastor, salvation, I've heard that a thousand times. Why is that important today? Let me tell you why it's important today and every day. 200 people last year at Grace Life gave their lives to Jesus. And you know, we're just getting started. And you know, Pastor Jimmy was even like, hey man, like before you talk about anything else, if we're talking about giving your life to Jesus, make sure that everybody knows how to do it. And uh, I think we all understand what Jesus did for us. But now let's go back and answer the question of, why are some of us still on a struggle bus? And what do we do about that? And the fact is, you and I, are not perfect. Yes, we're forgiven. Yes, we've been set free. But there's gonna be things that we have a hard time wrestling with in our life to deal with the sin nature that we had. And the uh, question is, what do we do about it? Because if we don't do anything about it, we start to think we're always gonna be on the losing side. I wanna let you know, you can be on the winning side today. You see, we give our sins to Jesus once for salvation, but we give our struggles with sin to Jesus daily to live in victory and freedom. Let me say that again. We give our sins to Jesus once for salvation. Y'all, we, we just talked about that. We did that. We did it one time. We are forgiven. We're justified. We're set free. We're saved. We got that one time. But we give our struggles with sin, the everyday thing that keeps trying to hold us back, the things where we're struggling with, we give that daily to him because we wanna live in victory and freedom. He's already bought it for us. He's already paid the price for it. He's already made it available to us. But we have to give him that struggle on a daily basis to be able to access that. So how do we do it? One word, confession. Now I see half of you got tense all of a sudden. And the other half of you guys are picturing like a, a booth with a screen with a guy in a robe and you go to this guy and you tell him all these bad things you did and you even make up some stuff for fun. Um, that's not what we're talking about today. All right, so let me put your mind at ease for a moment. Um, you see, confession is simply acknowledging our awareness of sin in our life, okay? We acknowledge, Lord, I ain't perfect, and I know it. We acknowledge. Now, see, here's the thing. That's not our nature to do that. And that's why Satan wants to capitalize on guilt and shame because he wants to isolate you from the healing that God has for you today. So if you wanna experience the abundant life that Jesus talks about, confession, what that does is it brings our sin struggles out of the dark and into the light where it can receive God's healing. I don't know about you, but I need that every single day. So how do we do this? Number one, we confess to God. First place we bring our confession is to God. First John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, we've already been saved. We've been forgiven. All right, but there's a second part. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is the sin that we have in our lives. 
And as we've already said, sin brings death and destruction. We all have experienced those effects of sin, whether it's shame, whether it's temptation, whether it's broken relationships or addiction and sorrow, the list goes on. We experience that in our everyday life. God wants to cleanse our souls of the effects that it has. Now, it might sound simple to go to God and bring our sin struggles to him, right? But how many of y'all know that? That's not how we operate, all right? That's not what we do. Like, you know that feeling when you've done something wrong and you've gotta go and face the person that you've wronged? What do we do? We like to avoid them like heck. Like, like we don't wanna see them. Like, a few, a while back, I might have accidentally cut somebody off in traffic quite rudely when I was in a rush. Didn't mean to do it, but I did it. And I uh, just wanted to get out of there because I didn't want to see him. But of course, in a few moments, red light. And guess who pulls up right next to me? I can see out of the corner of my eye. They're looking straight at me. So what do you do? You grip the steering wheel. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Hey, how many of y'all know that's what we do with God? Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Hey, y'all, he already knows he's already forgiven you he's good with you you don't have to grip the steering wheel anymore you can look him dead in the eye with confidence he loved you enough to send his son to die for you so why let the awkwardness rob you of being close to him don't run bring it into the light let me tell you like i spent way too much of my life allowing that shame not wanting to go to God, of thinking I'm not good enough to go to him because of what I just did, it robbed me of so much closeness that I could have had with him. Let me tell you about what I, how I practice this in my everyday life now. When I spend time with Jesus, I, I spend some time reading his word and in prayer. And during that prayer time, I make sure to just really calm my soul, calm my mind in a place where I can listen to the Holy Spirit. And I will literally pray these words. Holy Spirit, come, search me. Point out anything in me that doesn't please you. And I listen. That's the hard part. Just sit in silence and listen. And you know what? He has a list for me every day. It doesn't fail. Every single day, I've got something. And as he brings these things up, I do three things. Number one, I'm specific on what the sin was. Remember, part of confession is acknowledging. So I'm gonna acknowledge it. I'm not gonna lawyer with God. I'm not gonna justify what I did. I'm gonna name what the issue was. You know, a lot of us, we struggle with unforgiveness. People offend us and we hold on to it. And sometimes we don't even realize how much we're holding on to it. And when God points it out, we kind of don't wanna give it up. You know, and that's something for me, I deal with that as well. So when God says, hey, Chuck, um, you've got some bitterness towards Kent. Not like that would ever happen, but you can't use your spouse as that example. Um, okay, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. So I admit it. God, I've had bitterness against Kent. So be specific, number one. Number two, we need to express remorse and sorrow for our sin and how it hurt God's heart. So God, I admit that I've had this bitterness, and I'm sorry. I know I've fallen short of your standard, and that hurts your heart. Would you forgive me? Now, yes, I know God's already forgiven me, but part of that is I wanna acknowledge my responsibility in my own sin. 
So God, would you forgive me for holding this against Kent? And then thirdly, I'm gonna turn away from that sin and that struggle and ask for God's help. God, would you help me to forgive Kent just like you have forgiven me? God, would you give me the power to choose the right thing, not just the easy thing, okay? So every day, I'm specific, express remorse, and turn from the sin. You know what I found out? The more open and free I am to share my sin struggles with Jesus, the closer I get to Jesus. The closer I get to Jesus, the further away I get from my shame. Bring your struggles with sin to Jesus for cleansing of your soul. Now, the second part of this, let's be honest, this is the one we really like to avoid, but if we're gonna bring our sin struggles to Jesus daily, part of confession is confessing to others. We confess our struggles, we confess our sins to others. Y'all like, oh, nope, nope, nope. We don't need to go there, pastor. I'm good with Jesus, you know, just me and him. We got this. Yeah, that'd work great if you lived on an island by yourself. But I see y'all here today. Like, come on. I get it. That's tough. But check out what James tells us about this. He says in 516, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I know you've been there too. There's just sin struggles in our life that we can't seem to shake on our own. It doesn't matter how much we pray about it. It doesn't matter how many books we read, how many times we Google it and all those things. It just has a grip on us and we can't get rid of it. This is why this is written. Confess one to another. Why? So you can be healed. If there's a problem that you're facing, this might be the issue is because you haven't allowed God's people to be a conduit of God's healing in your life. Confess to another to be healed. Now, being that we're in Columbia, South Carolina, we've got Fort Jackson right here. So all my, all my military friends, help me out with this. If you're going into battle, how many of you would prefer to go in there, sing a prayer, and then go alone? I haven't had a hand a single service on this. That's interesting. Or how many of you guys would prefer to say a prayer, ask for God's favor, and go into battle with your battalion? There we go. I'm seeing the hands. All right, big difference. But the thing is, you know, that's what we do as well, that we want to go and pray and ask for God's help, but then we go fight the battle alone. When the fact is, God has given you brothers and sisters. He's put people in your life already to run into battle with you. You've got the full force of the army of God and his people behind you. They're ready to go. They love you. They care with you. And they're ready to help you. And they want you to receive that healing. So let me ask you, who have you told? Don't raise your hand. But I'm sure there's several of us that are struggling right here, right now. We just can't seem to shake it. Who have you told? Maybe you even got a secret New Year's resolution, just hoping this is finally gonna be the year. And you keep praying. Who have you told? Now, if you don't have a place to go and share your struggles and you're not sure um, where to go with that, let me, let me tell you, we have life groups starting here in just a few weeks. That is the best place to get around the people of God in an environment where you can share what's going on in your life. 
Like our life groups are places where people won't know just your name and your face. They wanna know your stories. They wanna know who you are. It's a place where you can honestly and safely share your struggles. And spoiler alert, others have the same struggles too. It's okay, all right? Our life groups are a place where you can genuinely be encouraged, a place where people will help you to be held accountable. Those leaders are some of the best people that I know that genuinely care about you and want God's best for your life. If you don't have a life group yet, let me encourage you, put that on the very top of your New Year's list, okay? Who have you told? Who have you told? I know many of you know part of my story, but for those of you who don't, about five years ago now, my wife and I were transitioning out of our last season in ministry where we pastored another church. And um, we were pretty worn out. And um, we were advised, hey, take a break from ministry for a little while, recharge, recuperate. And um, because Pastor Jimmy and Ramona had been good friends of ours and Jimmy had been my coach and mentor for years, we decided to just attend Grace Life because it was big enough where we could hide. And that's what we did. You know how good we were at hiding? Mike Salazar never even caught us at the door. I mean, miracles happen, right? But we hid. And it was a good time and all that. But what no one knew was I was struggling. I wasn't okay. I had some things going on in my heart and life that were destroying my inner life. And not a single soul knew about it. And it didn't matter how much I prayed. It didn't matter how much I read. It wouldn't break. I can remember a week of prayer fasting of August that year. I wrote my issues down on a card, just hoping that God would miraculously deliver me from it. Monday, early morning prayer, I could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit ever so slightly say, hey, go tell Jimmy. I was like, what? Nah, I'm good. Tuesday, heard that same voice a little bit louder. Hey, go tell Jimmy. I'm like, but God, no, what's he gonna think about me? This dude's been my friend. He doesn't need my baggage. Like, no, I'm good. Wednesday comes along. That voice got a little louder. And at this point, y'all, I was straight up obstinate. Told God, no, mind his own business, all that good stuff. I was not gonna go tell Jimmy. Thursday morning came around. I couldn't fight it anymore. Something had to change. So I went up to Jimmy right after prayer, trembling like a leaf. Said, hey man, um, can we go talk in your office for a few minutes? We went back there, I was terrified out of my mind. We sat down and I just spilled everything on the table. Darkest, deepest secrets, everything. And I sat there and I waited for the boom to drop. But it never did. Rather, he looked at me in the eye and I said, Chuck, someone who can come and confess what you just did to me, that's someone I can trust. That moment of bringing my confession and receiving my brother's response, that was the conduit that God used to break the power of sin that was destroying my life. Let me ask you again, who have you told? Or better yet, who are you gonna tell?
We go to God for cleansing of our souls and we go to his people for healing. Stop struggling alone. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are so good to us. God, we can't even begin to fathom the type of love that you had to where you would send your son to this earth to die and be raised to life again so that we can know you, so that we can have a relationship with you. God, you've saved us. Thank you. And Lord, as you well know, we still struggle. But God, I know that you're still working in us and that you don't leave us the same way that you find us. God, I ask that you would just give us the boldness, the confidence, and the humility to be able to come to you with our struggles on a daily basis. God, may we not let that awkwardness keep us apart from you. I know you wanna be close and we wanna be close to you as well. God, very specifically, I also pray that you would give us courage. Holy Spirit, I know that you've been bringing things up in our minds and our hearts that, that you wanna give us healing from. But God, we also know that it means we're gonna to have to have some tough conversations. God, give us courage. Give us courage and give us hope and expectation knowing that the best that you have for us is yet to come. Jesus, thank you for your healing power in our lives. As we stay in a state of prayer for just another moment, as we talked about earlier, God has the best gift ever in salvation. And you may be here today, you may have heard about this before, maybe it's the first time you've heard about it, but you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. It really is that simple of what we've already talked about. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. If we put our faith in Jesus, that's how we give our lives to him. When we give our lives to him, it changes everything. If that's you and you wanna take that step today, I wanna pray a prayer and ask you to repeat after me. But I also wanna ask everyone in here who's already made that decision, would you pray out loud with us? Just like the verse said, if we confess with our mouth, and that's how I wanna start off the new year. Let's confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you came and died for me. And now I wanna live for you. Would you forgive me of my sins? empower me to live a life of great meaning and purpose in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's welcome them into the family today.